Hello there, and welcome to the Big Boss Book Club. Thank you for listening to the Big Boss Book Club. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Boss Book Club, Twitter at Big Boss 010, and on Facebook at Big Boss Book Club. Uh, you can support the show by giving us a follow on any of those social media platforms, uh, a review on any of the platforms that the podcast is available, such as uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, and Google Podcasts, as an example. You can also subscribe to the show on any of those platforms as well, so you get the show sent straight to you on its release. Um, our link tree is also available on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, this week, um, I was actually going to release this episode last week, but didn't get a chance to. So last week's episode really should have been this week, and this week's episode should have been last week. So I'm really sorry, a bit of a delay getting this out. Um, I just missed the boat. Just a bit of a prelude. Um, on the 12th of March, I went to a ProQuest event for Flesh and Blood at Fanboy 3 in uh, Manchester. If you're not based in the UK, it's a pretty big, well-known gaming shop in, in in sort of the northwest um i was a little uneasy at first about going if i'm completely frank i've not played in any classic constructed events uh, or had much in terms of classic constructed experience when it comes to flesh and blood pretty much 95 percent of my games have all been in the blitz format uh the entry to the event was pretty pricey it was 30 pound uh, my train ticket was like 18 pound 50 so for an event where the competition would no doubt be be pretty high it was a pretty expensive day um i did decide to take uh viscerae mentioned him loads in the show i've mentioned obviously did my blitz uh, deck tech early in the season did uh, i talk about him all the time on my um, instagram big boss book club and so made the decision i, I really wanted to play as, as viscerae so 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 i went with him um I had my deck built. I was just sort of scanning online for some ideas, any sort of uh, indication if I was doing anything right, anything wrong. Noted on FabDB, um, a chap I follow on uh, Twitter, a breezy. His uh, deck was his Visray deck was being featured on FabDB as a, a sort of a featured deck. I thought, oh wow, that's pretty cool. Clicked on it, had a read. Deck was very different to mine. Had a big sideboard guide, guide on how to play it. And I thought, you know what, actually, this seems really good. And I was looking through the deck, and I quite liked how it looked. So I made the decision pretty much to net deck it. Um, took, made a very extensive spreadsheet, deck tech guide, sideboarding guide, blues, reds, yellows, the, the works. <laughs> I think it actually looked really good. Probably a little bit more work than I really needed to do. Started having a look at it, played a, played out some sort of test hands. There was a few things in the deck I didn't really like. So I went to work just making some changes here and there, uh, which was actually then kind of supported. I noticed that uh, Push the Point um, put out a, a deck tech on, on Visray as well. I can update one since a lot of the cards, uh, like there's been some bans and restrictions. They put out an updated deck tech and, and I watched that and actually some of the change some of the, the cards in that were changes I'd made 
Breeze's deck, which I thought was actually quite good to hear that sort of reinforced that maybe I was on the right track in terms of building up uh, the deck. We'll go through the deck in a, a little bit. Um, so I sort of decided that, yeah, I'd made some good changes. There was, um, it, it, this was what I was going to use. One of the big things I think, and I'll go into it a little bit more later, was I'd done a bit of testing against Bravo Star of the Show, um, or Starvo as he's called. And I, I'm, I'm going to say it, I hate that name. I think it's horrible. I just call him Bravo Star of the Show or uh, Sots. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, in the actual event itself, I, I hit Prism in 50% of my games and never played against Prism. Don't have Prism built in a constructed format because I don't have the cards to do it. Um, so never, it was never a deck I actually play tested against, which was nuts in itself because I knew Prism would be a big deal. Um, so again, really colossal number of errors that take place over the course of this day um, and pre leading up to it. Uh, but I'll go into that sort of a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Hamish uh, was the guy who was presenting the Push the Point uh, YouTube uh, video. I took a couple of extra ideas from that video and sort of changed the deck a bit more to keep them in as well. I actually went back to Breezy's list to, on FabDB to sort of see, if, make sure I'd got some notes from the sideboarding guide. And I actually noted then that he'd actually made quite a lot of changes to the deck. So I was a little bit kind of off put by using it anyway because even some of the changes he'd made kind of resembled changes I'd made. And I thought, I, you know, <laughs> if, if you're, 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 yeah, yeah I've, no deck's ever perfect anyway, so there's always room for improvement. So um, I, I took on some great ideas and I, I, I've built this deck. So we'll go, what we'll do is we'll go for a quick break. We'll come back. We'll have a look at the actual deck itself and, and what I sort of looked at in terms of uh, the changes and what things I'd done differently. And then uh, we'll have a look at the actual day itself and how that all went. Um, and then my sort of final thoughts and, and sort of feelings on the day. Uh, so we will be right back. Hello, welcome back. Okay, so uh, the deck list itself, I'll go through them in pitches first. So we'll start off with red. Amplify the Art Knight times two. Meet and Greet times three. Mordred Tide, three of. Read the Runes, three of. Rune Blood Incantation, three of. Sonata Arcanics, three of. Rune Flash, three of. Spellblade Strike, three of. Swarming Gloomvale, three of. Consuming Volition, three pretty certain that was a consuming volition was a sideboard card Mavrian skies times two that was a sideboard card rattle bones times two that was also a sideboard card reveling rune blood three that was a sideboard card as well i don't know why i don't i think it went in every game uh, reduce the rune chant two that was a sideboard card unmovable red two of that was a sideboard card uh, shrill of skullthorn two one was a sideboard card, one was in the deck, and then Ruin It Reclamation times two, which was also in the sideboard. Um, I made some changes there. Well, actually, we'll do that in a little bit. So, uh, Morvian Sky's yellow uh, times three, that was in the deck. Then uh, two sideboard cards, Ninth Blade of the Blood Oath uh, times two, 
and read the runes yellow, which was a cyborg card, and that was times three. So only really the three yellow cards, and that was Mavri and Skies in the, the main deck itself. So the blues round this up. We've got a Shriller Skull Form times three, Spellblade Assault times three, Oath of the Art Knight times three, Become the Art Knight times three, Dread Chiptic, uh, one of, Vexing Malice, two of, Spellblade Strike, three of, and Mavrian Skies, three of, to, to round it up. That came up to 72 cards, which left me with eight cards to play with. Um, in terms of equipment, I, I didn't use eight cards, I only used six. <laughs> I had Arcanite Skullcap, a recent addition to the collection, Bloodsheath Skeletor, Grasp of the Art Knight, Rosetta Thorn, Vexing Quillhand, and Spellbound Creepers. Um, so, the Spellbound Creepers was a last-minute addition. I didn't want to play it. I wanted to play uh, Suckliff Suede Hides, which was in the list initially and is in Breezy's list. But when I was thinking about it, a lot of my... I made some changes in the attack actions. So Breezy's original list didn't have Rune Flash. Mine did. And I thought, actually, with the Mavrian Skies the rune flashes i actually had enough to power the go again i felt so i didn't bother i didn't bother with it i went with uh, spellbound creepers because actually when i was sort of seeing some people online playing it the ability to chuck in some of these like uh, i used it on um, read the runes which dropped it in as an instant and got me, I think it was five rune chance in one of my games. I think it was my it was my game against Alden, which we'll go into in a bit. It got me five rune chance. And because it was played as an instant, it didn't it didn't lose me, you know, an action point. Um I have seen people playing uh, Mavrian Skies as well to get the go again. Um and even some of the other cards like Sonata Arcanics is a good one to play. You throw in the Sonata Arcanics if they've only got maybe one, two health left. And potentially you can hit the Sonata to do the Arcane to to threaten the fatal damage. So I decided to go with spell Spellbound Creepers, even though I'm completely honest, I used it twice, I think. I mainly used it for the one damage prevention. Um, Grasp of the Art Knight was also considered a sideboard card. Vexing Quillhand was the one I was going to use pretty much consistently that didn't end up happening anyway i ended up using grasp in all but one of my games well three of the the four games i had um I, and to be honest i don't know why i made that decision i i did see on push the points episode they were pushing vex and quill hand and i was teetering on it anyway but i made the decision to go with it and and use that as my main one because i like the idea of popping it and getting the two rune chance on like a maybe like a bit of a slow turn or if I've got that Mordred and I can do a lot of rune chance that turn, popping it, vexing quill hand then gets you three as opposed to two. It, it kind of fell into place for me there, but I, in the end, I, I, I didn't do it. Um, changes to the main deck. Um, let me just double get my notes up. I've got about four Word documents open here, I'm sorry. So the changes I made to the deck initially were I actually took out Red Spellblade Assaults and I swapped them for blue Spellblade Strikes. A couple of reasons for this. One, the blue pitch I thought would be more useful. The damage output from Strike isn't really what you're looking at anyway. 
what I think is more important that it itself generates a rune chant when it's played. And potentially you're generating anywhere from one to four rune chants in the right situation by playing it at a cost of one as opposed to two from the assault. I felt I felt that was more reasonable. And actually, as I said, when I watched Push the Points video, he'd actually done that in his list as well, which I thought only reassured me that I'd made the right decision. Because <laughs> I was looking through the cards and I thought, I only really lose one. I, it's cheaper by one and I lose one rune chant. So it's, yeah, you're paying, you're, you're gaining that extra resource, but you're losing a rune chant. For me, it kind of feels okay. So I was glad when I saw that in um, Hamish's video that he'd, he'd sort of come to the same conclusion. Like I said, it just kind of gave me that confidence to think, actually, I'm making some changes here and they, they seem to be changes that make sense. Um, I swapped out. I, originally, Breezy's List had one blue Amplify the Art Knight. So what I did was I got rid of that and I just lowered the number of Dread t uh, Triptych that I had in the, the deck down to one. Again, that was actually on the back of the Push the Point episode. And I, I kind of agreed that it's a very situational card to trigger all its abilities. So actually, one of seemed seemed reasonable. Now, I did add in some defense reactions as well. I added an unmovable and reduced to rune chant, which in, weren't in Breeze's original list. And actually, when I spoke to him on, on Twitter, he actually said it's because he felt they were very clunky. And to be perfectly honest, at times I kind of agreed. I had against the game against Oldham, when I had the unmovable in my hand, I kind of looked at it and went, This is useless. It's not generating a room chant. It's not firing an attack. It's not triggering my ability. This card is pretty useless. And to be honest, it was useless because I'll go into it a bit later. Um, the reduced to room chant, on the other hand, I did use a couple of times during the, the first and second Prism games. So. They generated a rune chant, which I actually felt was was super useful. But yeah, the, the unmovable felt a bit clunky. But then, as I said, when I went back in and had a look at uh, Brezzy's list uh, later on, um, yeah, it was there. He'd put in the, <laughs> the reduced to rune chant. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I feel like these are validating my decisions to make these changes. Um, so again, I, I kind of ignored him and, and put in the defense reactions. Although I never faced Star of the Show, as I mentioned in the event, I did face Oldin, which we'll go into. And I did manage to use one of the unmovables to great effect. So, yeah. The uh, Runic Reclamation uh, was three in the original list, and so was the Amplify the Art Knight uh, red. I decided to include two red Shrill of uh, Skullthorns instead. In retrospect, kind of wish I hadn't. I wish I'd just stuck to to them. There was a couple of times where I had the, the Red Shrill of Skullthorn in hand and there was nothing I could do with it. <laughs> where at least Amplify the Art Knight would have been reduced by the number of room chants. So it would have been at least, it would have been easier for me to play it. Um, and Runic Reclamation, I don't think would have made a difference anyway. I don't think I ever managed to hit it in any of my games. I did throw it in the second Prism game, but it didn't hit. So I never got to utilize it properly anyway. Um, as I said, I think one of the biggest issues for me was actually going back to have a look at the list on FabDB and noticing that it had changed massively from the deck I'd noted down. And this was clearly done after as well, because if you read the sideboarding guide, well, I haven't been on it in a few days, but 
well, since the event. But the last time I went on, the sideboarding guide still mentioned cards that wasn't in the deck anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, but overall, I, I liked the list. And I still do like the list. I think it was probably... The Shrilla Skullthorn, I think I would probably take out and go back to three Amplify and, and three Runit Reclamation. Or maybe even three Movrian Skies Red to get the go again. Could potentially be it. Essentially, the, the core of the deck was 51 cards. So I only ever put in nine from the sideboard, which did actually make it quite difficult at times to decide what sideboarding cards were going in. And even though uh, I do still have um, the sideboarding guide from the original list, there was little point going to it at times, simply because the list had changed that much. And because I didn't have the practice against people, I essentially was doing it on the fly on the day. So, for example, the original list had, when you're going up against Lexi or Katsu, you were to pivot to an almost OTK style build, where you'd go with the read the runes and and the stuff to build up lots of rune chance to try and hit the the OTK. I never bothered with that. When I took on Lexi in round four, I stuck with a sort of combo style build where it was just going for a lot of split damage. I just stuck to my guns and went with it. I mean, it, it worked, as you'll hear, but the, the advice given on the original list, I kind of ignored. Uh, maybe that was to my detriment. Maybe that's why I, I didn't do as well. But I think the the changing of the list so often because it had already changed once and then for it to change so much again when I'm sort of halfway through getting to grips with what I had I felt was a bit I felt was a bit annoying and I think it's probably the reason why I decided just to go at it and make some changes myself and it was good to see that some of those changes were then sort of validated by looking at other people's builds and as I said push the point uh, podcast on Spotify and you can catch them on YouTube as well the advice there was like, okay, good idea. <laughs> and I made those changes on the back of it. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, uh, we'll go for a quick break. We'll come back and I'll go into the actual event itself, how it went, um, a little bit of a, a thing on each of the games. So we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. So let's talk about the day <laughs> um round one prism um <laughs> uh, my person name was isaac I mean, he was very friendly he was very nice um was very chatty throughout the game which was pretty cool more about the game than than anything else he didn't sort of ask anything about where i'd come from how far he'd come from or anything like that he did have a hoodie on that had the living realms logo on so i'm assuming he's come from castleford but he he didn't seem overly interested in in do, being personal it was more about the game um i was playing prism as i said first turn of the game came well my turn because he went first as you should when you're going against uh Viseray. i went to pitch for grasp of the art knight realized it wasn't there <laughs> kept him vexing Quillhand. <laughs> so I lost out on a few rune chants over the course of the game and defense, which, which straight away, because even though I'd kind of like committed to using vexing Quillhand as my main thing, I did think to myself, people who are going to be throwing a lot of smaller attacks, so a new prism would be going the auras, things like Katsu, um, for example, with the, 
things like your Kadachis and stuff, I thought, ah, wonderful. Um, Grasp will stay in for them. And then Vex and Quillhand will be for, like, because I know your Bravo is probably only going to hit, like, one big attack. So no point keeping him for him. He can Vex and Quillhand. And sort of anyone playing Arcane, it can stay in for. But yeah, straight away, um, massive error. Not putting a, a key defense card. I did take some some good chunks from his health over the course of the game, which was cool. Um, I mean, he went down to tender health in quite a short space of time because it was like a, I did manage to build. I kind of it was almost like I tried to pivot to an OTK style halfway through the game and just stay on a bit of defense, build up some rune chance. But then I realized it wasn't working, so I tried to then pivot back, and it, it, it yeah, it, it didn't really pan out. Um, his auras just swarmed me at the end. He was throwing loads of little damage. You don't want to defend one with like a three defense or or two defense. So that's why really the, the grasp would have been perfect. When it came time to hit the Sonata, um, it wasn't a big Sonata. It was a zero Sonata, so it was only top three cards. Didn't find a single attack action. Completely whiffed in a deck where it was pretty balanced. Yeah absolutely horrible and i knew after whiffing it, it it's just yeah i didn't get the big w and it was not one going into round two um in retrospect had grass been out possibly could have defended a bit better got more rune chance out because like i said i went to pitch to get it out first thing and it wasn't there it was horrible <laughs> uh, would that have helped I, I don't know possibly i felt it could have probably been a closer game because I said he went down to 10 health and pretty much just let me hit a load of damage. And at that point, I was like, he's going to wail on me next turn, which is exactly what he did. <laughs> and it worked out. You know, fair play. It was my first game against Prism. It, it was a, it, he was fine. Like I said he was very nice. He was very polite. Didn't really say, just didn't really get into a personal conversation. It was a lot more about the game and, and the game state. Uh, round two came, this guy, uh, James. Um, he was zero one like me. Um, his loss had also come for uh, Viserae, so it was really funny that he was playing Prism and I was playing Viserae. A little part of me kind of went into the game confident because I thought, ah, if he's already lost to Viserae, maybe I'll have the mental advantage if nothing else. But actually, I then shortly realised that he was better prepared because he just lost to Viserae. <laughs> so he was actually better prepared than I was. Um, I did manage to play the Grasp, and it did give me a defense to hold off a little bit longer. I didn't actually get him down to even 10 health. He only went down to 15. So actually, the game, in terms of how it played out, went a lot worse than the first round. But I think my first round guy said he was. we were having a bit more or chat about the game and the game state and stuff. Uh, James, it, that was a bit more of a personal conversation. He was talked about his plan on going to uh, uh, to crack off for the um, the call in and stuff like that. And we were chatting about that, and that was pretty cool. So a bit more personal, but yeah, in the end, I I just let him swing at me, and I think he swung a herald at me if I remember correctly, and I let it through and to end the turn. Um, again, fluffed another sonata. I got nothing but attack actions as opposed to a mix, which again, considering how there was a balance in the deck, it was a shame. It, it, that shouldn't have really been happening, in theory. My drawing was horrible. There was a couple of turns where I didn't pretty much get anything that could let me bring Rune Chance out. I was just 
I was like pitching three cards from my hand to <laughs> to use uh, grasp's ability. That's how bad some of my turns were. So again, and just some silly little errors in the game, very similar to the first round. Just yeah, just didn't. I should have been going after the auras. I let him build too many auras up. By the time I started attacking them, it, it was kind of too late. His strategy was well underway, and he was he was he was well far ahead of me. Round three, so probably one of the more enjoyable rounds um, against Ryan, who was playing as Oldham. I did think to myself when we first sat down, yes, a match I might actually have a chance at. Funnily enough, Ryan only went down to fifteen health as well. Seemed to be my the my dead zone. Get them to sort of 10, 15 health, and I can't seem to get get the uh, cinch the deal. But he was really chatty, really friendly. Um, I again forgot to put out grasp, but nothing had been played yet. He was super friendly and said, "Just swap him out, mate." So I did. Not that it really made much difference. Um, I still still lost the game. Um, again, stupid mistakes. I think by this point I, I was a bit demoralised, although I was seeing something different than Prism. I don't know. I kind of felt like, uh, uh, I'm just, just out of it. Um, he hit me with a few frostbite tokens, which meant some of my cards next turn were more expensive. And yeah, it, those frostbite tokens are awesome, by the way. I had um, unmovable, which was great. I thought wonderful. This will, this is going to save my my butt. Put it in my arsenal. Forgot it was there for like two turns, and I was defending from my hand like an idiot. Uh, I think he threw something at me. What was it? It was a spinal crush. And I defended with three cards from my hand. And it was only next turn. I was like, what's this? And I picked it up and I went, oh my God, it's an unmovable. And he looked at me. He's like, you're right. I went, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't want to tell him what it was. Uh, he found out what it was next turn. He threw a command and conquer at me. I couldn't do anything about it. He destroyed the unmovable in my arsenal. And he went, that's been there a couple of turns. And I was like, yeah, mate. He went, you could have like proper defended a couple of my cards without with that. And I went, I know. He's like, you forgot it was there, didn't you? I went, yeah. No. <laughs> he, was, he was like, oh, dude. <laughs> um, I think at that point I'd given up. There's too many issues early on. Too many silly little mistakes again. I kind of tried to. Pivot. He he sat down. He went, oh, so um, you're. He was prepared for sort of an aggro viscerate, which is what I was bringing. And the first few turns, he just went, oh, you, you play no TK, and I went, no. I just can't throw any attack actions at you. And he went, oh, dude. That's like, tell me about it. Too many issues. Hand again was awful. And once again, uh, luckily I played, I actually managed to play three Sonata Arcanics during this game. And I only whiffed two of them. <laughs> uh, the first one was non-attacks. The second one was all attacks. And he even looked at me. He's like, you've got equal in there, haven't you? I went, mate, I have. Pretty certain I'm 100% on the equal footing here. I should be able to consistently hit this card um he'd even built he'd even sideboarded in a more aggressive aggressive sort of approach and it worked he was playing the uh, the sledgehammer the um not the athonos i can't remember the name anvilheim from that um it's like four for six damage and he just kept swinging it and i was like yeah it's going through so in the end, I just I just didn't block and let him let him kill me. I had six left. He swung the hammer. I let it through. He won. The next turn would have been more rubbish. I I was down to my pitch stack, so I was only going to be drawing blues from now on, and most of them were attack actions. Um, there wasn't going to be anything coming out that was going to be worth 
that was going to bother him at 15 health. And he was, again, playing old him. He had a full deck. He, he yeah, he, he was still easily going to going to fatigue me out, which is essentially what he'd done. If I'd blocked with the unmovable early game, potentially that could have been different. I'd have had more cards in my hand. I could have built more rune chance. I could have thrown, pressured him more. But again, silly little mistakes and and yeah, silly little mistakes. But again, he he sort of I like old him anyway. And to be honest, old him's a, a character I've considered building in uh, classic constructed because I just like the fact that he's just this big wall and he just sits there. I love it. And yeah, this deck was his deck was 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 awesome. Like I really, I, the game was was good because we were chatting anyway, and and even though it, I lost and came out the back end of it feeling like absolute rubbish because of how many mistakes I'd made, it it was it, he was fun. He was a fun player to play against, and he was really friendly. Uh, last but not least, round four, um, Sam, who was playing Lexi, actually the most fun game I had the whole time I was there. The game of Ryan was cool, but this game of Sam was 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 wonderful um i did win that isn't the reason it was wonderful um, it was good definitely made it feel better but actually it was how much back and forth there was so it was awesome right out the gate um he was throwing big attacks at me i was blocking next turn throwing lots of stuff back he was then throwing stuff i was then throwing stuff and our life points went down almost concurrently like he would do damage to me i would do damage to him and every turn there was massive chunks coming off I did decide to go with a heavy aggro sideboard, as I mentioned earlier, against Lexi. Sort of, it was recommended to try and pivot to an OTK style. Uh, if I haven't explained, I don't think I've explained it. OTK, one turn kill. Um, essentially, the purpose is build up 40 odd rune chance or close to that as you can get, throw a big attack. The rune chance come flying, the attack comes flying, and then you're able to go to uh, Rosetta Thorn to try and do the one, two, and two. That's potentially what you're looking at doing. Went with the aggro sideboard. It seemed to pay off. I did lots of split damage. Uh, forced him to use his equipment, which surprisingly had spell void as opposed to arcane barrier. So, and then he was forced to use the uh, cross wraps as well as a, an actual defense that then got destroyed. It was really weird. We had one health each for like two, maybe three turns where I just blocked everything and he blocked everything. It was just one of those things where we're looking at each other like, one of us has got to get a damage through. <laughs> and it came to the turn and I was sat looking and I was like, I've got one card in my hand. It was a three pitch. I think it was Vexing Malice, if I remember correctly. And I thought, I can't play this as an attack because I haven't got the resources to do it. The best I can do here is throw, use Grasp, and then use the one left over to swing the sword. And I thought, it's it's one rune chant, two damage. I thought he's got full hand, he's going to block it out. Um, but then hopefully that means he's got less to do on his turn. So I thought, oh, hell. And I looked at his, uh, so I pitched the, the blue, created a rune champ, sat and looked up, and I realised he'd got none of his equipment left. Because as I said, a lot of it had got spell void as opposed to arcane barrier. So when you use spell void, the equipment gets destroyed. Arcane Barrier stays as long as you can keep paying the resources for it, uh, similar to uh, Rampart the Ram's Head. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, 
Well, I'll generate for the the rune chant, and then I looked up. Like I said, he got no uh, arcane barrier, no spell void left, and I was like, oh, he can't defend. <laughs> so I just swung the sword <laughs> with my last resource, um, and the rune chant triggered and, and beat him. But yeah, we were sat on one health for like two, three turns. It was it was hilarious. It was so back and forth. Um, and Lexi was was awesome. Like it was like oh, it was lightning. Lexi um, didn't really. I don't recall him ever hitting me with a frostbite token. But he was kind of like yeah. So if I do this damage, it does extra damage. It does this damage. And then I can do that damage. Um, oh yeah, he did hit me with a frostbite token once. Um, but mainly he was going for the lightning element of it and he was just doing loads of extra damage it was like okay i can defend three of the four yeah but then you're taking three damage because it's hit and i'm like oh my lord it, it, it was such a fun game we had a proper laugh after us because we were talking about it and he was saying about some of the moves he can do in the deck and um it was really cool it was really cool such a good time um really fun opponent he was in the same boat as me though he was going naught and four i went one and three i think one of the reasons why I think it was such a, it wasn't a pressure game. We, I, we both took a bit more time. I think this is, this was really where I kind of regret dropping at the stage. Cause I think I'd kind of started not necessarily to get the rhythm of the deck, but I'd maybe started to unpressure myself. And I sat and actually looked at my cards and before I played and, and sat and worked out orders when the other games I was kind of like, oh, I'll play this, this, and this. And then I was like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. I should have played it that, that, and that instead. And yeah, this game just felt a lot more in tune. And my opponent was really cool. And we had a, we had a chat afterwards. It was pretty pretty awesome. Um, I think he was even going to swap and play it in the Blitz because he was dropping out to play in Blitz after as well. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, good good opponent. Cool build. I really enjoyed it definitely almost made me think oh actually i might play lexi <laughs> but then i was like whoa easy tom um let's not put the cart before the horse <laughs> so anyway uh result was one one win three losses uh 50 of my games were against prism yeah i understand why prism's uh more of a big deal in the current current sort of environment and i don't like it <laughs> uh, we'll go for another quick break we'll come back and then we'll talk about sort of um uh, thoughts and, and feelings and emotions about the day and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here we'll be right back hi welcome back so thoughts on the day um so at the start of the day uh, they did let us know that it's around four if anyone wanted to drop there was going to be a blitz side event happening. I did make the decision to drop at round four. As I said, in retrospect, I kind of wish I hadn't. I think for any other reason than, again, I felt a little bit more in tune with the deck. Um, I'd, I'd maybe taken a little bit of pressure off myself. So I could have stayed in and done the whole six rounds. A little bit more experience with the deck, more games with the deck, different opponents, potentially different um heroes i'm playing against i've not played anyone playing star of the show and there was a few of them hanging around a couple of people with uh, chain um yeah so overall i probably could have played some different uh, opponent heroes 
But I think there was probably on the flip side of that, my head was pretty much in the can by that. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd have even picked up another win. I probably would have walked out there with a one and five <laughs> record, which wouldn't have been great. But uh, so I, I did make the decision to uh, drop out. The guy running the show on the ground, his name's Liam, um, was pretty cool. He actually loaned me a playmat at the beginning of the day. I ended up giving him back after round one. I never used it, but uh, was pretty pretty nice. Um, but when I went up to him to sort of let him know I was dropping and chat about the blitz thing, that was really where my whole position on the day kind of changed. Uh, so I'll put it into context. The the um, the prize was a choice of a first edition booster and a unlimited edition booster. So I looked at what was there. I was going to go with a first edition Tales of Aria and unlimited Welcome to Wrath was my original choice. The guy in front of me went up, picked up his pack. He grabbed Welcome to Wrath, opened it up, and it was uh, a copy of Enlightened Strike. <laughs> if you're not 100% familiar with the game, it's pretty much considered to be a staple in a lot of decks. It's also about 40, 50 quid a pop. So I kind of gave up on the idea of grabbing a Welcome to Wrath pack, and I, I went with Monarch instead. And got absolutely nothing of any interest in any of any of the packs. I'd bought a pack of Everfest, I had a pack of Monarch and a pack of Tales of Aria, and I got absolutely nothing of any any interest or value. So I don't know, kind of felt a little bit demoralized by that. I was like, oh great, even my prize packs didn't give me anything. Um, then just chatting to Liam about the Blitz events, and they basically said, oh yeah, it's a fiver, which I wasn't too happy about, to be honest. I'd just paid £30 to play in this, this day, and I'd got absolutely nothing out of it. So it's a little bit, I kind of got over that and kind of said, oh, I probably will play. I figured I'd grab a bit of lunch or chill out and then just play anyway. But I was still talking to Liam and just saying, you know, what, what's the crack? And, and this guy came up and he interrupted me, which I thought was really rude. And started talking to Liam about how he was uh, dropping his result and he was dropping. And I was just like, wow, you know. How uh, how very, very rude. And then on top of that, he pretty much inserted himself between, like, inserted himself next to me to a point where he was almost physically pushing me out of the way, which I felt, was again, was really rude. <laughs> he didn't even say, oh, excuse me, mate, can I just, you know, come here or can I stand there? Is that all right? He just literally, like, it's so rude. I felt, and he was wearing a baseball cap inside, which which always bothers me. And people often have this negative view and impression of trading card game players for different reasons, whether that's personal hygiene or, or the type of people who do it. And this guy just felt like he, he isn't bringing a <laughs> a positive spin on the brand. Um, I, when I was so, I, I don't like people necessarily getting too close to me anyway. Um, when I was at uni, I remember being in the queue in the uni shop, and I was just getting a sandwich or something. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. I stood waiting. There was someone in front of me being served. I was a couple of feet away from him. And I could feel breath on my neck. And I, and I turned around and there was this guy stood there. And he was he was literally right up next to me. And I looked at him and I went, excuse me, are we getting married? And he went, no, why? I says, why are you so close to me? And he, he just went, uh, and shuffled back a couple of steps. <laughs> <laughs> I turned around and the, the, the person in front of me had gone and, and the person behind the, 
the uh, the queue was uh, behind the counter. Sorry, was laughing her head off. <laughs> it's just like I know, right? And it kind of felt the same thing. And there was a time I probably would have lent into this guy and been like, "Hey, mate, you know, I'd have said that to him. You know, we're getting married. Why are you so close to me?" Um, but I didn't. I just kind of went and sat down. I started preparing my blitz deck, and then uh, I just overheard this guy because he was still there talking. And he was just getting louder and louder, and it was just F and Jeff and F and Jeff and swearing. And I don't know, I just, I mean, I swear a lot anyway, but this this guy was swearing like so much and like everything he was saying. And it was really loud, like I think probably everybody in about a six mile radius could probably hear. And then he made this announcement that he was entering the Blitz event, and I was just like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. And I just kept chugging away because I was just turning Viscerae into Blitz. Um, even though I bought Blitz decks with me, I just decided I'd like to keep playing Viscerae. So um, I actually did a little bit of research after and I found out who this guy was. And to be honest, actually, it didn't surprise me who he was. Um, he's quite a, a biggish name, I guess, in the UK flesh and blood scene, I guess. Um, and to be quite frank, if that's the type of people I'm going to be expecting to encounter at the big events... I'm not going to lie, there was a big part of me that thinks I might just give him a swerve moving forward. Which is a shame, because three of the four opponents that I played were very personable and very friendly. There was two, three guys who I'd met sort of just randomly chatting outside of who were very friendly and very welcoming. But yeah, experiences like that are what put people off. And it was a shame. Uh, then Liam came out to show the prize support and it was all ninja themed it's not a, not a faction I really play I, I do have some hero stuff that I'm looking at getting rid of because I, I don't play it and all those three elements combined together um, including the fourth element of just my head being in the can after the, playing the, the four games that I had I just made the decision to, to call it there and I went and spent the money on Burger King instead. <laughs> um, bacon double cheese XL meal, if you must know, with a Coke Zero. It was very nice. Um, I had to rush to get to the train because I grabbed my meal and I turned around and looked at the board and there was a train literally four minutes. I had to run to this platform. Well, I didn't run. You don't run at train stations, do you? So you get shot. Uh, got into the, got on the train, then ended up sitting there on the squeakiest chairs imaginable on the squeakiest fold-down tray imaginable, trying to eat this BK. <laughs> I've got this woman next to me, looks like looks like she's just been cave diving. Like, not giving me the eye, but giving me the evil eye, you know what I'm saying? And then the woman in front of me clearly wasn't happy. I kept seeing her head turn around. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I just I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet. Give me a break. <laughs> you don't know the day I've had. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, Decided to, to call it there. Um, do I regret not playing in the... Keeping in the event? Probably. Do I regret not playing in Blitz? Yeah, probably. But I think overall, yeah. Probably made the right decision, really. It was an okay day. Mainly because of the interactions that I'd had with people. I, I want to give a shout out. 100% sure, sure he called himself Ben. If, if I'm mistaken and you're listening, please correct me. Um, was from Just Play uh, scene. That's where he plays in Liverpool. He was super friendly, super welcoming. He was like the first person to talk to me. Um, he said, you know, I was just looking at my cars. He just went, hey, mate, how far have you come from? I looked up and he was facing me and he was like really smiley. And we got chatting. We bumped into each other a few times throughout the day. 
super friendly guy. Um, there was another couple of chaps who I've spoken to. Sadly, I didn't get the names. I should have. Um, one was playing Reinar. Me and him spoke about three, four times after the rounds. He was, he was super cool. Uh, another guy was playing like a weird OTK Oldham deck, which sounded absolutely awesome. It sounded very much like a bit of a glass cannon. Either it would win or it would really lose. <laughs> um, so he, he was pretty cool. Me and him spoke a couple of times. Yeah, just really friendly guys. Like I said, the... The first guys, like, he was really friendly and really super cool, but we didn't really get any personal conversation. Um, second, third, fourth opponents was loads of personal conversation, just chatting about the, the game, our experience. Um, yeah, really, really fun. Um, so yeah, just some great people there, to be honest. Some great people. I said Liam, the guy who ran it, let me play Matt. Because I was like, I think I was one of like two people there who didn't have a playmat. <laughs> I thought I didn't want to bring like a Warhammer Conquest playmat or a Yu-Gi-Oh playmat with me. <laughs> I thought it would just be really weird. It's like, so you're playing Viserai on a Dark Eldar playmat? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> um, so there was only like two of us and it was it was pretty cool. There's a guy there who had a, a Come the Art Night playmat. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, mate, you better not leave that unattended or I'm having it off. And he just looked, he went, mate, I never leave this unattended. <laughs> um, so we had a bit of a laugh. It was funny. Um, I think really, I probably should have realized that I wasn't going to get anywhere. Given the price of the event, the, 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 the price of the event, I should have known really this was going to be an event. People were coming in ready for action these are people who play every day a couple of times a day maybe more these are people who go to events every week these are people who are who have spent clearly spent a lot more than me and i feel like i've spent a lot of money on this game to to get the cards that they need like everyone had a a vandal spring tunic everyone had an arcanite skull cap everyone had a you know all the all the shizzle the phantasmal footsteps you know they all had the good stuff that i I can't justify spending the money on um, or haven't bought the, the packs to, to get. So I think maybe after I'd also prepared quite a lot for star of the show because I, I proxied a lot of his cards to make him. Um, I didn't even think about prism. I, I don't have the cards to play it anyway, um, even though I suppose I could have proxied them, but I had no practice against the except in blitz, which is a completely different style of game. Maybe I think after I left and was on the train, I felt maybe this wasn't my hill to die on. I maybe should have given it a, a bit of a miss and maybe snuck in for a different event, a cheaper event. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe I, I, I did kind of come to the conclusion I need to sit and maybe start thinning down what I have because I've bought quite a lot, especially in boxes and booster packs. So I have quite a lot of random spare stuff that I've kind of built semi blitz decks with. I think it's probably time I start maybe thinning that down and focus on a couple of heroes, which would probably be um, a Guardian and, and Runeblade for me. Runeblade, definitely. And Guardian, I have a lot of stuff for because I love Oldham. So I think maybe Guardian and, and um, Runeblade are probably my, my guys moving forward. However, I would like to say on a pretty cool note, on a random side thing, just to finish off, they have announced a new two-player starter set uh, featuring Dorinthia and Reinhardt from the original set in, that come with like two pre-constructed Blitz decks. It's a load of new cards, loaded of new, some foils, comes with a lore book, which is 
awesome and a, a play mat like a two-player play mat i imagine it'll be a flimsy paper thing but still i can't the people i play against don't even set the game up properly nine times out of ten i have to kind of set it up for them so that shows that if you have this two-player play mat where it says you put your cards here you put this card here that is really awesome and i'm buying it i'm planning on buying it even though i don't want dorinthia in any way shape or form the stuff for reinhardt will be cool hopefully there's some new cards in there for reinhardt um because i do still like brute i still have the brute stuff i'm waiting for levia to become playable <laughs> and at that stage i'll be jumping wholeheartedly on brute um but the law book alone like I know they released the law book and sent it to some distributors to, to try and promote the game when it came out. I've seen that going for like over a grand. It's like, I can't afford justify spending money on that. But if I could get a mini version of that, it's not necessarily the whole thing, but if I could get one that's similar, it's maybe small, I would 100% love to read that and sit and read it. I think it'd be wonderful. So yeah, going to uh, keep my eye on that and pick that up. I think when it comes out, I think that's going to be a great thing for new players because something I always say is when you've got a starter deck, you need to really find somebody else who has a starter deck. Where if you have, like anyone knows me knows I'm pretty big on two-player starter sets anyway. Love me a two-player starter set where you can just sit down with someone, give them one deck, you have another, play the game. If you like it, great. If you don't, it goes back in the box and it's done. And I love that. Like I said, I've got the Call of Cthulhu core box, the um, the Android Netrunner second edition core box. Um, I've got loads, like loads of random, just two player, like the UFS Street Fighter and UFS uh, Mortal Kombat two player start sets. The I've picked up some random ones. Like I've got like Young Jedi, Star Wars Young Jedi Star, um, CCG. Got two player, got two two player sets of that actually from two different sets. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a great release for Flesh and Blood, and I think it's going to really, I think it's going to help get more people on board because even if you buy it as a new player, just to play one on one, I imagine there's going to be the facility there to build up your own collection with that. And I think that's that's going to be super fun. Wonderful. So I think that's it for this week. As I said, not necessarily the uh, the the best experience in terms of um, result, but definitely a good experience in terms of meeting people. So, yeah, I'm I'm still looking forward to playing in more flesh and blood moving forward. I think I would probably think twice before going to sort of this type of event again until I knew confidently that I wasn't just going to crash out <laughs> um so there you go um big boss book club instagram facebook big boss 010 on twitter even though i think if you type in big boss book club it'll probably come up you can catch this podcast on everywhere <laughs> i think it's on five different platforms now pretty happy with that what do you do how did you get on in your ProQuest season did you enjoy it did you what did you play did you play Viscerae? Did what? What did your list do differently to mine? Always open to hearing anybody's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So you know, reach out. I'm always available, just never free. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Sorry, this episode was a week late. <laughs> um, I'm Big Boss. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>